Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. And you can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo, of course, and uh, tonight we're going to be speaking about uh, Philippians 4 as we finish up the study in the book of Philippians. And uh, we're gonna, the main theme is going to be talking about stand fast and uh, uh, also be talking about biblical uh, giving and so, and so much more. So I hope that you uh, listen to the entirety of the podcast. God bless you. And uh, as, as I mentioned several times before, this is a previously recorded podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And hello, and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you once again uh, from Rota, Spain. And um, I just wanted to say hello to you, and thank you for uh, watching the last video on uh, uh, Philippians 3. Uh, thank you so much for uh, watching that, and the uh, comments uh, so far have been uh, have been good, uh, positive. Uh, praise the Lord for that. And uh, just remember, if you want to uh, leave a comment or a question or a concern or anything like that, uh, a really quick way to do that is right down in the comment section below, whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're watching this on uh, Facebook, or if you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms, um, just tune, uh, you can get... Re- now, excuse me, you can get a hold of me. Uh, a really quick way is ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And you can always uh, write me an email there. Or if the podcast platform allows for you to uh, leave a comment, you feel free to do that as well. So don't forget to uh, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And, um, it helps get the, uh, the, the message out and the message is that, uh, we believe that the perfect word of God. And so let's just use it. Let this mind be in you. And, uh, so I, I, again, I appreciate the fact that you've, um, you've tuned into another video. Uh, you're watching this and I appreciate that. Um, I was going to say something else and it kind of skipped my mind, but that's okay. Again, uh, this is not live. Um, I'm pre-recording this because uh, it's it's a little bit uh, simpler way to do that, and my internet works okay. Um, I went live a Sunday morning at, on uh, our local church uh, on their Facebook page, and uh, I was able to do that, and it seemed to work okay. There was they said there was a few little glitches on it, uh, but then when I went back and watched the video afterwards, uh, when it uploaded, everything everything seemed to be on there. So. There may still be a, a, a chance to do some live stuff, um, but uh, pretty much everybody here in Rhoda uh, would be able to see it. That if you're tuning in, or also, um, I guess uh, any of the, anybody that maybe works a night shift or something like that, that could also possibly work. Or you can just watch it later on. But either way, uh, we're going to continue doing videos and um, as as the Lord uh, allows and wills, and uh, we'll keep going on like that. 
I will say that the next video you should see posted to both YouTube, Facebook, and the next uh, study that will be done will be a re redo. Uh, that if you if you follow the page or or, or this um, this site, you you remember that my dad was the last live stream that we did, and uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties on that. So we're going to do that study again. I know people that were watching it were saying, "Well, we we heard it just fine. We saw it just fine." Um, and then others said, oh, it, it was messing up. So we're going to do it again. Um, me and my dad, I'm going to call him. Um, I think it's tomorrow night as I record this. Um, tomorrow night will be Friday night for me. Um, and I'm going to call him on Skype and I'm going to, I'm just going to record it and then I'm going to upload it. And then that way, um, we shouldn't have any kind of issues. We already went through a test run, so uh, prayerfully it uh, works out just fine. All right, let's get right into the study tonight. Uh, we're going to finish up the book of Philippians, and uh, it's been really great getting back into the uh, the study of the book of Philippians. Um, we've gone through now on the channel, you can go back and watch Galatians. We've gone through Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and let's see what else did we do. We did Romans and Hebrews. And uh, so next, I'm not sure what we're going to get into. I'm thinking maybe uh, the, the letters to the church at Corinth um, for our weekly kind of going through the, uh, the epistles and the, uh, new, the New Testament. Um, we may go to the book of Corinthians next. I don't know. So if you have any suggestions or you're, you're really wanting to study a particular book, uh, if, you, if a lot of people write in and say, hey, we'd really like to go over this book again. Um, again, as the Lord lays on uh, on my heart, and uh, and we'll see what's what's needed and um, what we're going to do. But uh, anyways, we're going to finish up the book of Philippians tonight, Philippians chapter 4. So turn in your King James Bible to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. And hello to anybody watching here in Rhoda. Uh, Jeff, I'm looking at you, and I, I meant, he said it was okay to mention his name. So Jeff, uh, thanks for uh, watching. And he asked me just today, he said, hey, hey, brother, you're going to be uh, doing another video? And I said, well, turns out tonight I'm going to be filming another one. So here it goes. Philippians chapter four. Uh, turn with me there, please. And I'm uh, the title that I'm going to uh, label this uh, for this chapter is Hold Fast. And uh, that's going to be the, the the central words that I want to kind of key in on. And we'll spend a lot of time on the term hold fast. And uh, so that'll be the title when I upload this later. But um, it's a it's an, a fabulous study to the study the, the hold fast when Paul uses that uh, several times in the in the New Testament. And we'll look at each one of those uh, for the majority of this. And we'll also get into biblical giving towards the end. And that'll that'll be that'll be a good time. So let's get right into it. Um, Philippians chapter one, and this is where we're going to get our our main. Uh, theme or uh, thought, I guess you would say, uh, just straight out of the book, uh, right out of this uh, letter to the church at Philippi. One second. So let's get right into it. So Philippians chapter one, therefore, my brethren, clearly Oh, excuse me. Dearly beloved. I'm, the, the print is a lot smaller in this Bible. I apologize. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Remember, we talked about that before. Um, as we as I mentioned on here, it just seems like the book of Philippians, this letter to the church at Philippi 
was uh, has a lot of this language in it that dearly beloved and and Paul really had a deep care for all of these churches that were established and and so forth and so on. But it just seems to me that the book of Philippians, uh, the a letter to the uh, church at Philippi, seems to have a connotation or a, a, just a, a feel to it different of uh, of a dearly beloved. Um, loved them all in the Lord, of course, but uh, it seemed like the seems like the church of Philippi had a special place in his heart, at least to me. And, um, but he tells him to hold fast, hold fast, uh, excuse me, stand fast. Uh, he uses the term, the naval term, hold fast in other places, but here he says, stand fast. And, uh, if you remember back when we were in the book of Ephesians, we talked about the, the, uh, put on the whole armor of God. So I, I encourage you to go back to Ephesians six when we talked about that. When we talked about the whole armor of God, one of the um, that you may be able to stand, um, it, talking about your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of uh, peace. And we'll, I believe it says peace. And let's go back there real quick. I don't want to tell you something wrong here. Gospel of peace. Yeah, okay. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, and we talked about that and go back and, and listen about that, how the Roman soldiers' uh, sandals had like, they were like modern day cleats and they were able to stand fast because they were just dug into and rooted and grounded, as the Bible says, uh, in the truth, the gospel of peace. Now, let's look at a couple other places where Paul uses this of standing fast. So first thing he, he mentions is to stand fast, fast in the faith. That's 1 Corinthians so I marked it here in my Bible so we can turn right over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 13 where it says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye, quit you like men, be strong. And I, I just, one of those things that it, it, it just stuck out to me, this stand fast. So that's in verse 13, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, not stand fast in uh your, your denomination or stand fast in this and this and that and the other thing. No, in the faith, the faith, the word of God here, what's been passed down, and we'll, as we'll see here in a second, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. We need a lot of men to be strong. Quit you like men. Men should not be quitting, okay? That's what Paul's saying. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like saying... Um, I can't use an, I can't think of an a, a analogy right now, other than the fact that the, he's basically saying when he says "quit you like men," meaning don't quit. Okay, that's the best way I can know how to really just break it down as simple as I can. Quit you like men. Be strong. Okay, in the faith. Notice that. Now turn over to Galatians chapter five and verse number one. We talked about this when we went through the book of Galatians together. Galatians 5, he tells them to stand fast again. It's something else. Galatians chapter 5, in verse number 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Remember we talked about how that, you know, you're trying to bring yourself into bondage again of, of the laws and all these different kinds of things that Paul was talking about in the book of Galatians. Again, go back and watch that study again. But as he says here, stand fast in the liberty. Christ has made you free indeed. 
He took your your place. He took the sin debt and paid it full. And um, not to keep bringing yourself under the bondage again of that sin. We know we live in that sin nature. We still have it. We haven't been, um, our, our, our body of flesh hasn't put on incorruption yet. But as we stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. That's a great thought to be thinking about. And it says, be not, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And as we talked about before, what the yoke of bondage was. Now, Philippians 1 and verse 27. So go back over to, we've already covered this. We read through Philippians 1 uh, a while ago, but Philippians 1 and verse number 27, it says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice what we should be standing fast in. Not in what our desires are, but in the faith, in the gospel. Stand fast in that, in one spirit. So you notice here he says, stand fast in one spirit, with one mind. We are to have the mind of Christ not your own mind, okay? So stand fast in the faith, as it said in 1 Corinthians 16, in the liberty, Galatians 5.1, Philippians 1.27, stand fast in one spirit. And then go over to 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So first of all, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, And verse number eight, it says here, For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Notice all these things Paul's telling them to stand fast in. He's not telling them to stand fast in their own strength, in their own ideas, in their own mind, in their own spirit, little less spirit. He's telling them to stand fast in the Lord. Just remember that it's an encouragement. It's also, it really just convicts me all the time when I hear about that. It's not about what I think. It's about what he thinks. And so stand fast in this. And so we notice again, in the faith, in the liberty, in one spirit, in the Lord. And then finally go over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 15. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 15 The Bible says here, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, when we see this, we're, you say, well, wait a minute, we're not supposed to be about the traditions. Well, notice what it says. It doesn't say the traditions of men. Remember, it talks about the traditions of men, I believe, in Colossians chapter 2. Don't stand in the traditions of men. Stand in the traditions of the word of God. The things that were passed down, when it says here, um, the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle, these epistles, this Spirit-inspired, Holy Spirit-inspired, God-breathed, Spirit-preserved Word of God, that's what we are to stand fast in. Stand fast in the Word. Be about the Word and the Word only. And uh, that's wrapping up, as he wraps up this letter, notice what he finds to be the thing to talk about. 
That's what he wants to talk about and remind them at the very end of a letter. Remember what I talked about. You always start out a letter telling them what you're going to kind of tell them. You're going to fill that in. And then at the end, you're going to kind of go over it again, reminding somebody. So it's the last thing that these, these, uh, this church at Philippi sees in this letter. They're like, the Apostle Paul is telling us this. Our brother Paul is telling us this. Well, he, it, this must be really serious. It's all to be taken serious, but he's really driving the point home to stand fast in what? In the Lord. The Word became flesh. The Word of God. Stand fast in this. That's just verse number one. Let's keep going. All right, so, so let's turn back to Philippians chapter uh, one. I told you that's going to be, or excuse me, Philippians chapter four. I told you that was going to be sort of our theme, uh, some of the things that we're going to kind of centralize uh, our thought around tonight um, and some for some of you in the morning when you'll be seeing this. But anyways, so it says there, again, I'll read it one more time. Therefore, my brethren, clear, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Verse number two, I beseech you, Idas, you, Odias, I don't know, I can't pronounce it, and beseech that other word that's really hard to pronounce, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Notice one didn't try to have the other person's mind. Paul didn't beseech him to have the other person's mind in the Lord. Constantly, constantly, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead. The only, he's not going to contradict His Word. Always, always, always beseeching people to be about the Word. And that alone. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. You know, uh, that's the importance of women within the local body of believers. Uh, I'm going to say something, and it doesn't, and I'm trust me, I'm not meaning to be controversial in any shape, fashion, or form. But if you have a local body of believers that are gathering together, I, I guarantee you one of the most important things you need to really pay attention to, men especially, and your wives, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just be really mindful of that because they are very vital and important to that local body. They can take it one direction or the other if you're not careful. And that's that's Bible. I can show you many, 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 many examples of that. Don't it's not misogynistic, it's not something that we're trying to like domineer. But make sure, men, you lead your wives, husbands, you lead your wives in the truth, in the word. Okay? Fathers, your daughters, and so forth and so on. And, you know, it, Paul calls out these women. He really he really does. He talks about, uh, help those women which labored with me. So don't forget about these women. Help them. Help them out. Well, think about 2,000 years ago when that that uh, their customs and all that kind of stuff seems like they were pretty important. Aquila and Priscilla, you know, there's a lot of women mentioned that Paul mentions that really, really helped him out. And Paul uh, was telling uh, the churches around that area and treat these women, you know, make sure you take care of them. That's the importance of women within the body. Let's keep reading. 
Here's a really famous verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Very simple, very plain, that no matter what state we find ourselves in, Paul's going to talk about this, we are to be rejoicing. Um, Well, I just lost my uh, pick a relative or friend to the coronavirus. I just, I lost this person to this. Were they a believer? Yes, they were. But I just, boy, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You don't understand my financial situation. I'm really struggling with this and rejoice. God will take care of you. There's too many to mention, but Paul is going to mention it here in, in, uh, in Philippians 4 about that. Brethren, sisters out there, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The imminent return of Jesus Christ, and Paul was preaching it even then, meaning that it could happen at any moment. We are not to be about our own business. We're be about his business. So just remember that. And it says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Does that, what does that moderation mean? It means that we shouldn't be about excesses, excessive mood swings. I'm really up one day and I'm super down the next. Um, that's the type of moderation in your everyday walk. People are looking at you every single day. You are a walking testimony witness for Jesus Christ. Whether you think you are being seen or not, you are. And uh, that's what it's talking about. You shouldn't be known for the wild swings. Hey, you know, he's a really good mood today. And the other day, well, hey, I don't want to run across him. Moderation. Being at peace. Knowing that there's something different about that, that person over there, about that gentleman, about that lady. There's something different about them. All men. Be careful for nothing, verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Remember what we talked about prayer and surrendering to his will? How can you rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say rejoice. How can you be always thankful and rejoicing? I, I prayed and I, I asked, I brought this, I brought this uh, prayer request being, and I made it known unto God and it just didn't, it, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Did you surrender to your will to his? Well, yeah, then it did happen the way that you, that you wanted it to. If you catch what I'm saying. Because it's not about us. It's about the surrendering of our will to his. Just again, I keep bringing this and stressing this. Prayer is not asking God for stuff like he's a genie in the bottle. Prayer is humbling yourself, coming and saying, Lord, I surrender my will to yours. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine. Jesus gave us the perfect, I'm going to call it the Lord's prayer. Even though, you know, uh, people talk about uh, uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is the Lord's Prayer. I believe that prayer in the garden is the Lord's Prayer. The example of having the mind of Christ is praying in that manner. Okay? Let's keep reading here now. In the peace, uh, in the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you're surrendering your will, there's a peace that comes with that. There's a situation that's happening right now with me, and I'll tell you, and um, it deals with 
um, what's going to happen the next few years of our lives. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if this thing happens, I do this and I have to stop myself and, and just constantly be and just say, Lord, your will be done. Surrendering my will to his, whatever the case may be, God has meant it for me. And it's perfect. It's his perfect will. And, um, that's where I'm at. And it puts you at so much of a peace. It passes all understanding. How can you be at peace when it's, everything's up in the air right now? I'll tell you why. Because I've surrendered to the one that's the Prince of Peace. I've surrendered my life. I surrendered my will when I came to salvation, humbled myself and came in a repentant state. Humbled myself. I said, I'm not worthy. And, you know, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, that, that, that prayer is that surrendering moment coming to, the, coming to the Lord. And the repentant and contrite heart, that's the peace. And Paul's talking about it right here. Through Christ Jesus. There's no other way to have peace. The world is, is so crazy right now. Well, until Christ rules and reigns for a thousand years... The world will be crazy until he makes all things new at the end of that. It's just the way that it is. But through Christ Jesus, you can have peace. Finally, verse 8, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So I want to stop right here and turn back over to Second Thessalonians. This, again, is an example. I, I talked about this in Philippians 3. In verse 17, where he says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them uh, which walk so as ye have us for an example. I talked about that as being, Paul wasn't saying, follow me. You know, it's like, well, everybody's got to be a tent maker, because Paul was a tent maker. He's not saying that. He's saying, following me as I follow Christ. Turn over to, again, like I said, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 6. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. In verse number six, doing good on time. Good. All right. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. So how do we know somebody's walking disorderly? Not if they're not walking the way we want them to walk, but if they're walking contrary to this. The Bible says uh, you're to draw yourselves, uh, withdraw yourselves from every brother. Notice it doesn't say every lost man. It's from every brother. A brother, really. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you, 
not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Again, the, the, the thought is there, not following us because you want to follow us. The men follow Christ. As we follow Christ, follow us. Okay? All right, let's go back and, and, and let's finish up. Philippians chapter 4 finishes up with a, um, with, I believe, New Testament biblical giving. Here it is. Verse number 10 here. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, as the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Meaning they, they were looking for reasons and, and ways and opportunity to give to Paul. Look at this. Not that I speak in respect of want. In the Old Testament, or the, uh, the English word want here is talking about need. Need and want are kind of interchangeable in this case. It's not like something like, I want that, that sports car or whatever. That's not the case. It's a need here. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul says, no matter what state I'm in, prison didn't matter, I'm, I'm going to be content with it. Again, rejoice in the Lord always. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul was given as an example because, and, and Jesus told him that he would suffer for the gospel's sake. Okay? Now, we, we think to ourselves, well, if we're going to be like Paul, we should be under that constant suffering and everything like that. Yes, to a certain degree. All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But I don't think it's to that level. Paul was given a special mandate. We're not the Apostle Paul, okay? Again, we're not following the man. We're following the traditions, the, the Word of God that was, that, uh, that was Holy Spirit inspired that he penned down or had spoke and somebody else wrote down. That's what it's talking about. And notice verse 13 is a very interesting verse because every single other version of the Bible that I can think of, not the, not the King James Bible, but every other one butchers this verse. They take it out of context. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Most Bibles, air quotes, are going to say, who strengtheneth me? That's not the thought here. You can't do all things through Christ who strengthens you because I can just do all things. I can pick up 450 pounds and you know, a whim and all these kind of silly kinds of stuff. I can rip a phone booth in half or a phone, uh, phone book in half. I can rip it in half. I can do all these things. The thought of the fact that Christ would take care of him strengthened him. He said, no matter I, if, I'm, if I'm abased, if I'm killed, if I'm living prosperous, it doesn't matter. Whatsoever state I'm in, to be content because that's where God wants me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Through Christ. Again, surrendering to his will, you can do anything because what God has for you to do, you're going to accomplish it. It's an amazing thought. Notwithstanding, ye have done well, or excuse me, ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, again, 
this Philippian church, the church of Philippi was just giving and giving and giving. I think this is the New Testament example of giving. It's not giving because I'm just, I feel obligated. It's to the necessity, finding a need, filling it. This is what they were doing. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. They really love Paul. Not because, and Paul really loved them, not because they were giving him a bunch of money and he was like living high on the hog. No, it was because they were communicating needs. Just like we should be. In our local body of believers, there should not be a, a, a secret that somebody has a need. Well, I, I just I can't go. Go to the body. Let us be a help. I, I just, I have a need, brothers and sisters, this, that, and the other thing. And that's the biblical giving, showing the affection. Do you think God needs your money? No, but he needs you to give yourself up. And so that's why I, I talk about biblical giving, New Testament giving, and that's um, another subject for another day. But the, there's full of examples all over the place that Paul was talking to these local bodies of believers and how they should give, and it's always to the necessity. Always, always, always. Verse 17 proves this. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Look at this. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. What do you mean a sacrifice? Well, you think they were just dead broke, maybe, and gave out of their 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 uh, just dead broke, and uh, this is the last two pennies I have, and here it is. Maybe. But I, w- I submit to you, that the sacrifice, the living sacrifice, and all these things, the, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God, was that he knew they gave out of surrendered heart. Some maybe didn't have anything to give. Maybe they didn't have any money. Because if they were to give him that money, then it's like, well, if you give that money, God will take care of you. I, I Yes, but God also tells you to take care of your family. And so... You know, it, the Bible talks about that in other places where you're given and is now you're 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 in poverty and you're looking to for other people to give to you. Um, the Bible says for you to take care of your family. I don't think that's what it's talking about here when talking about a sacrificial giving. I do believe that it may have been the case. I'm not going to argue that point, but I I really do believe that the sacrifice that he's talking about here is surrendering of their will to say, what can I do? God, I surrender my will to you. Now, can God tell you if you're a multimillionaire to give every single bit of your money to a certain need within that body? Of course he can. Well, I give it all up. and See, you're holding on. It's not a sacrifice. And if you give grudgingly, then it's not a sweet-smelling savor. It's because you were doing it because somebody kind of guilted you into it or so forth and so on. That's not an acceptable sacrifice. Well, it's sacrificial. I gave everything I had. It's the heart. The inward is what God looks at. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As the next verse says, 
I, again, I, I hope this point's uh, being driven home here, that I don't think that that's necessarily you give that last $2 that's in your pocket and you just trust God that he's going to, can he? Yes, absolutely. But only if the spirit leads you to give that $2. Don't let any person guilt you into giving that $2 saying that, well, it's, that's what God expects of you. Be surrendered and you know what God wants you to give to needs. I hope that makes sense because I believe truly that that's Bible. Verse number 20, as he wraps up, now unto God and our father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that's Philippians, the book of Philippians, the letter to the church at Philippi. And um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that it was such a long delay between Philippians 2 and then 3 and 4, but that couldn't be helped. And uh, so anyways, I encourage you, as the Bible says, stand fast, be surrendered, and God will supply all your need. So you can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because that's what it's about. Be about the word. Don't stand fast in your own traditions. Stand fast in the word. And that's it. I love you in the Lord. Thank you for joining me again. If you stick through this entire video, I appreciate it. And uh, go back and study the book of Philippians. And uh, next time, I'm not sure what uh, what God would have me to uh, go through what book next, but we'll see. And so, um, oh, don't forget, if you're watching this the day that it, it posts, tomorrow night, it should be able to post something with my dad um, talking about the three keys Three keys of Peter, given to Peter. And um, we, we messed around with some different types of themes and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to mess with it. We're talking three keys of Pete <laughs> and uh, Pete's three keys and all this kind of stuff. I, we don't need to church it up, okay? Uh, we don't need to make it any more special than the fact that it's the word of God and it's special enough on its own. But uh, anyways, we're going to be talking about the three keys. Uh, my dad's going to be studying or um, teaching on that, and it's, it's a great study. And um, I can't wait to talk to my dad and uh, fellowship with him and also be uh, able to share that with you um, as I come to you tomorrow night, Friday night, as we uh, I'll have my dad on here. So prayerfully, everything holds up. All right. Love you in the Lord. Thank you for tuning in again. And uh, tell all your friends, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know every time a video posts and all that kind of stuff. All right. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Good night.